Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Thursday, August 22nd, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 49. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with, We who have traveled this dubious path, and ends with, Should have sought ourselves. Today's readers are, Nancy T, Carol R, Becca R, Katie G, and Leon B. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, August 21st, 2019 are 13,305 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 13305 and 13,306 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 13306. OA Preamble. Did I say 13305 for the 7 a.m.? I hope so. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the OA 12 steps. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. I will now ask Carol R., to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, Carol R., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Carol R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 49. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with, We who have traveled this dubious path and ends with, should have sought ourselves. I will now ask Becca R. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. This is Becca R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling in from Kentucky. We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, 
even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. And again, Becca R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I love this um, paragraph. I've got a lot of it highlighted and underlined and circled and bracketed. Um, The first thing is the word dubious, you know, and I looked it up and it's hesitating or doubtful. And that really describes my um, my ideas about um, spirituality when I came to program as hesitating or doubtful. And um, it says that we beg of you to lay aside your prejudice. And I can say, honestly, my sponsor begged me. She said, lay aside your ideas and conceptions and, and let's have a new experience. Um, and that was her experience. And I so appreciate her sharing that. Um, transformation with me of saying, hey, look, I've been where you've been. I've walked where you've walked. And it, it has to, I had to lay aside my own prejudice and my own beliefs. And the result was recovery. Um, and then the degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. And that is my primary purpose today. Um, it goes back to tradition five and I spent so many years of feeling useless and, um, you know, wondering what, what is my purpose? What's it all about? What am I here for? And, um, I can say wholeheartedly that my recovery gives me a purpose beyond, um, anything human. Um, it is definitely as another friend of mine likes to describe it it's like we're on another wavelength um those of us in recovery and who have recovered and experienced the gifts of the program and um, and it's like we're on this other wavelength where the god in me can talk to the god in you and um that's where i get so much of my uh, belief and connection to my higher power is through working with others and I can see how that is why step 12 is so important to to carry the message and to be with my people so to say Um, because it it never fails that when I'm talking with another person recovery or who is seeking or who is on this journey or this path with me um, that God speaks to me and there's just something that happens between two recovery two people who are seeking the same thing um that no no human power could have given me and um it makes me feel part of and feel like um i'm right where i'm supposed to be on this universe i look forward to seeing what everyone has to share thanks i pass thanks becca r for getting us started 
If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 49 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Chuck Kay. A- Amy G. I heard Chuck K. And Amy Kim G. G. And Kim G. Reba P. Kim R. Rachel K. Wait one second. Reba P. Kim R and Rachel K. Did I miss? Okay, let me tell you who I wrote down. And if you said your name already and I didn't catch it, then let me know. Chuck K, Amy G, Kim G, Reva P, Pam R, and Rachel K. Did I get everybody who spoke so far? Okay, because I really shouldn't take more than six or seven names. So I think I'll leave it at that and then I'll take more names later. So, Chuck K., go right ahead. Hey, good morning, everybody. Can I be heard? Yes, good morning, Chuck. Hey, this is Chuck from Georgia. I'm so glad I got in first today. I've tried to get in a couple of times and couldn't. But the thing I'm thinking about this morning is the defect of comparing that I've used all my life. I would always compare you, things, everything. And what I learned in program is, The only thing I was really ever doing is I was either trying to put somebody below me or I was trying to put myself below somebody else. That's the only thing I ever did when I was comparing, and I did it all the time. And this is one of the paragraphs that really shows me that that they really know who I am deep down inside. They know me. They know what I do. And so when we look at religion, well, I had a religion, but you know, my religion would say, hey, you got to go do this and you got to go tell this other person that and all these other things. That's what I thought my religion was about. And what I've learned in program is it's really just none of my business. And when I honestly look at it, they're really the same. You know, the same things I'm being told in each of these different areas are basically the same if I apply them in the right way. But because I'm a compulsive overeater, I'm an addict, well, I, I can't be satisfied unless you're better than me or I'm better than you. And that's just the way it is. It's never, it was never that we were both on our journey. It was always who was ahead, who was behind, who was doing better, who was doing worse. And I did it far more than I ever realized. So that brings me back to why I'm so thankful for program. Because I know, without a doubt, had I not had program, these things that I've done so much, I was so dishonest in my life, I couldn't see what was true, what was false. And even though I've got a journey ahead of me, I'm happy to be on that journey, but I also know that I would I would never even seen these things had it not been for program. Religion didn't do that for me. My friendships didn't do that for me. It took program for me to understand these basic things that so many people get. And that's fine. And I really liked what it what it said about my people. I'm, I'm really thankful that I have a group of people that I can talk to at a level that I have never been able to talk to before. And it doesn't matter whether I've known them a week or a year or whatever. We both speak that same language. So those are two wonderful things. Oh, I hit a bump. Those are two wonderful things that I am thankful for for programs. So thank you. Thank you, Chuck K. Amy. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. 
this whole idea of uh, being against organized religion, well, when I came into program firmly agnostic, uh, to say I was uh, against organized religion or any religion whatsoever was, you know, was an understatement. Uh, give me a bag of Doritos, a dozen donuts, let's sit on the couch and let's, let's dissect away. You know, but when I came to this program, I started to understand what a hypocrite I truly was in that sense that I was, I, I had a religion of my own going on, and that was the religion of me, myself, and I, and the God of food when things didn't go my way. And when someone finally said to me straight up, they said, so if your way is working so well, why are you here? I mean, how's it working for you? How's that religion? How's that faith in me, myself, and I working for you? And, and I'd been eviscerated, was eviscerated by this disease. You know, I, I didn't have any, a leg to stand on. I mean, this is a program of ego reduction. And when, and when spoken to and at the meetings in whom the problem had been solved, you all were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness uh, that I had been seeking all my life and never found and could not find. So finally, faced with the proposition of either being God is or isn't, I had to decide who was going to play God here. Was it going to be me? Was I, was I going to try to search for something outside of myself and greater than myself? Because it was either one or the other, because either I was going to try to play God or I was going to have to turn to something else to help me because I was dying of this disease. So I asked you all, in whom the problem had been solved, to show me the way. And you had demonstrated and were demonstrating, you know, a purpose in your lives and a peace and serenity that I wanted more than anything. And I became willing, even though I didn't understand, and there were things that, but what I clearly was made clear of the program of spirituality versus religion, and that I didn't need to know it all. I just needed to make a decision to surrender and to work this program. And by working the steps, this higher power would develop and would evolve. But I had to take that first step. I had to get out of the driver's seat. I had to lay my ego aside and say the religion of me was not working. I needed something greater than me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy G. Kim G. Good morning. We're back now. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm in recovery since January 2011. And I, I'm just kind of because I'm thinking, you know, we're all here. You know, everything is suggested. But here they're begging us, begging us to lay aside prejudice against organized religion. And I have to tell you that I didn't really look at step two a lot because I came through 12 years of religious school, so I didn't read this chapter. But I was in the middle of a five-year relapse in being 17 years in OA, and I had to admit that whatever my faith was, it was insufficient and it wasn't working. And I looked at my own prejudices. You know, I really treated God like Santa Claus. If I was a good little girl, then I would, um, if I was a good little girl, then I would get the present under the tree. And if I wasn't, I was going to get all in my stocking. But I want to talk more about what I had to look at with my prejudices about overeaters and animals. Excuse me, Kim. Kim, the quality is very difficult to hear you. If there's anything you could do to adjust. We can hear you, but it's tough. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Is that a little bit better? Because I have laryngitis, so I don't know how much my phone and how much. Oh. So yeah, I better? think it's a little better. I think it's a little okay. better. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah, let me just put my Bluetooth away. Um, so I'm looking at my prejudices with OA. So I was told I had a threefold illness, and it was emotional, physical, and spiritual. And I have to tell you, that emotional thing took me on a roller coaster. The big book does not talk about emotions. 
emotions, in my, in my experience, is, is irrelevant in the spiritual world. The big book talks about physical and mental, the physical illness, and our solution is spiritual. You know, I was in a 12-step program. I thought that I was in a tool program. I thought I was in a tool program, and the reality is that tools support us, but that these steps change us. And that it's, I find personally it's very easy to work the tools and not work the steps. It's impossible to work the steps and not work the tools. I, I was taught that abstinence is the most important thing in my life today without exception. What the big book taught me was that abstinence is the beginning, it's not the goal. I was taught that you know, nothing tastes as good as abstinence feels, but I have to tell you in my experience, abstinence sucks. Abstinence is so horrific. My problem is abstinence, and that's why I need a spiritual solution. I was told that I can work the steps to get abstinent. The answer to that is no. And what that did is that gave me hope that I could have a new experience if I put the food down first and then work the steps. I, I worked a program of slogans versus a program of recovery. Meeting makers make it, service is slimming. Another concept was relapse and recovery. And what I saw in Overeaters Anonymous, what I would call relapse and recovery, was actually the progression of my illness. Because what I was doing was working the diet and then going off the diet. On a diet and going off the diet. I wasn't working the program of recovery, which is the 12 steps. I'm just going to end with that last sentence in that paragraph, demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have taught ourselves. That's the power of a um, healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting. That's the power of speaking with people who the problem has been solved. That's the experience Bill had when he met Eddie when he said he was fresh-skinned and glowing, and this group will be different, and it's something about his eyes. I wrote that in pass. Thanks, Kim G. Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The two things that really struck me in this paragraph were, first of all, having purpose and direction. And I really thought that I was supposed to be self-directed um, and I was supposed to set my goals and I was supposed to, and I still can feel like that today, roll up my sleeves and go to the goal that I set. And how was that working for me? Well, when it came to the food, it was a total failure. And I didn't realize it so much until I was defogged and, and had some abstinence and recovery, but you know, in other areas of my life, it wasn't working either. So the purpose and direction now is not me directed, it's God directed. And the only way um, I can have God direction is to get myself out of the way by putting down the food and practicing the steps. And this book tells me what is my real purpose. My real purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum usefulness, and service um, to God and to the people about us. And that was so not my purpose before I came here. But I have to tell you, I actually feel more content when I seek that purpose instead of my uh, self-directed purpose. And the thing that strikes me the most is the business of, first I observe. I observe the transformation in other people. And that becomes so motivating. And not just the slim bodies, but the transformation 
um, I felt like there were bricks on my shoulders and my head with all the busyness going on and trying to run the world. And when I came in and I still see people, it's like there's that peace. Um, so I observe it first, and then what do I do? I do the friggin' work so that I can demonstrate. Um, and I demonstrate in all my affairs. And then what do I do? I constantly seek seeking, seeking, seeking by doing the work. And this business of being able to demonstrate stability, happiness, and usefulness, whoa, like those are amazing promises because I never had that in abstinence. Um, and I'm learning that that is my lifetime job to constantly seek that every day. And it's such a better way to live when I'm in alignment the last thing I'll share, um, you know, the seeking the purpose, it's like somebody gave me this image that I'm in a sailboat and I was constantly trying to sail against the wind, constantly getting frustrated and efforting and tired and exhausted. And now I set my sails and align in the direction of my higher power and I go smoothly and I get to a better goal. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva P. Pam R. Hi, this is Pam R. from Littleton. Um, the first word that stuck out to me in this paragraph is uh, uh, lay aside prejudice. And I just want to read a, a lay, the set aside prayer that my sponsor gave me. Dear God, Please set aside everything I think I know about myself, this book, my disease, these steps, and especially about you, dear God, so that I might have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me see the truth. And um, the second thing that I noticed in the paragraph was um, that people of faith have purpose and direction. And I have a horrible sense of direction. I just rem remembered that when I was reading this. And um, I feel like that realization has, again, turned my faith in God back to my forefront. Because just we have to pay attention to these these signs that we get throughout our lives and we're misdirected. Um, a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought. That's the promise, right? And if we follow these steps, if we set aside our prejudices, we get the promises. And um, I'm in the middle of a, well, I've had about a five-day gradual relapse. Um, I went back to step one, and um, I'm just happy to be here. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Pam R. Rachel K., and then we'll take more names. Chris G. in Connecticut. Oh, I'm not ready to take yet, but I'll write you down, Chris G. Oh, Rachel sorry. Rachel K., that's okay. Hi, this is Rachel K. Uh, in Cult uh, of Overeater in uh, Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Rachel K. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Yeah. Uh, I really love this paragraph, and there was a, a phrase that stuck out to me. Uh, let me find it. Um, it was uh, stability, happiness, and usefulness. 
And it turns out that on, and I know I'm skipping ahead, on page 130, uh, it talks about a life of sane and happy usefulness. And uh, powerful experience and a sane and happy, and that's a, a recurring theme in the big book and in 12-step literature. Sanity, happiness, and usefulness. A life of sane and happy usefulness. Um, you know, they actually use the same words. And that's what, you know, I have enough angst in my life without the existential kind, you know, about what, why am I here? Um, I have enough day-to-day -day angst, you know, am I going to uh, have enough time to do the work I need to do? Um, what, you know, just that kind of angst that, that why am I here? What is my, what is my purpose in life? That's, that's already set, uh, or at least it was when I had a spiritual experience through working these steps. Uh, and when I got abstinent, and when I found a power greater than myself uh, who could solve my problems, like this big book promises. Um, and so I don't have to, you know, day to day, if I focus on that instead of the little stuff, um, you know, that it's basically to do God's will. Okay, and what, what do I, you know, as I understand it, and I, I usually know what it's not, um, it's not, you know, straying away from this program. And what it is, is to be of maximum service to God and to my fellows um, in whatever way I can, both inside and outside the rooms. That, that's my purpose, you know, to, to work these steps so that um, I can recover and not to seek happiness, but through working these steps and through doing service. That's how I... I become happy, happy. If I seek the happiness, um, if that's what my focus is on, then I, I usually don't get happy. If I seek to be of service and to get my focus off myself and my own mind and my own life and focus on God and focus on his children uh, and being of service, then um, by some miracle I, I gain happiness and I gain usefulness and I gain sanity, and I lose the need to compulsively overeat or the, the desire to compulsively overeat. It doesn't mean that I don't um, think about food and that I'm not still a compulsive overeater, but I no longer have to escape into that hell, that absolute hell uh, that I was in for so many years. Um, before I got abstinent now about 19 years ago time. Thank you very much. And I pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. If you haven't shared in the past couple of days and want to share on this last paragraph on page 49, we who have traveled this dubious path, you could give me your name and last initial. Charles I H. Chris G. Katie G. from Boston. Hey, wait one Karen second. Charles H. And Cindy G. And I'm Ginger N. Lauren N. Katie. Ginger C. Susan H. Lauren and a ginger C. Lauren N. Okay, I'll try to fit you in, Lauren, if there's time. So um, I filled up my list to get to the end of the meeting. If everybody takes three minutes, Chris G., Charles H., Cindy G., Lauren N., Katie, I'm guessing it was Katie G., Ginger C., and Lauren N., if there's time. Chris G., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Christine, Connecticut. 
I apologize for jumping in like that. When I unmuted, I was, I missed the tail end of what you had said. Um, so I just wanted to comment on how my brain, my ego brain, my disease brain is wired to, to constantly judge and assess, evaluate, determine, which is where all my self-reliance comes from. I'm doing that because I think somehow it's going to keep me safe in the world or, or powerful in some way, which is about safety once again. And um, it says here that all people of all races, creeds, colors of spiritual beliefs, they're taught to, through those religious principles, whatever the religion is, they're taught to seek to be stable, happy, and useful. Those are the primary principles of any spiritual life. And um, I was never had an issue with religion because I appreciated the abundance of in, in the ways that God um, gave us many different versions and languages in which to find him, her, it. Um, but if I had just been taught or really heard the message to seek stability and usefulness and focused on that rather than all of these judgments and evaluations of the world, whether it was religion or how people lived their lives or what my family was doing right or wrong. And I focused on being a stable person, stable. That's such an important word to be stable. I was not stable um, in my mind. My mind was all over the place. I was in pain. I was suffering. I was in the food. And um, so stability, I love stability. It's easy. It's simple. I do the same thing over and over again. And I try, you know, to keep it simple. And every time I get a, a great idea to go out and do something else, whatever that is, um, I, I kind of you know, my hand recoils from a hot flame because I know I need to hold on to my stability so that I can be useful and in a real and authentic way, not in a self-serving way, in an other-serving way, in a God-serving way. And then from that is my happiness. So the way I see these words, it's stability brings me an ability to be useful. And then that creates happiness for me. And I can spread that around me and be that. Now, I can only do that <laughs> with great humility and imperfection. And so I just want to acknowledge that I'm not perfect. None of us will ever be perfect. Okay. And it, it is really progress, not perfection. And that lets, releases me from the shame. And uh, thank you all. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Christy. Charles H.? Thank you very much for your service, Charles H. I'm a recovered. Um, happy birthday to me, compulsive overeater. Um, so I see the set aside prayer all up in this, and um, we ask you to. We be, they're begging us to lay aside, not because they're putting in, uh, 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 um, putting something in for religion. It's because, I, and if I may, can I take you to page nine where every, where every said. It was just a simple religious idea. And, 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 and I want to drill down where it says, 
if you have been on this dubious path, I don't know that dubious is, is such a nice path to be going up, like, right, or going down, right, going down, like, in the quicksand. Um, it, you know, there's eight, and I'm not going to tell you, there's eight words in this chapter that blocks the compulsive overeater from recovering. You know, um, maybe I'll give you one of them, antipathy, um, and, and words of that that nature, blocking and, and all this stuff. Because um, cause the, cause the text is saying, lay, set aside what you think you know about even organized religion, because it's only the, 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 the simple religious idea which is surrender to something greater. That That's my ego. I don't want to surrender to nothing greater. So I'd rather stay here mad and abstinent. That's sick. I'd rather binge and be happy than to stay here, stop raving mad abstinent, not dealing with none of my emotions, which is the real problem, right, than to seek something greater than me, than to humble myself to seek something greater than me. You know, it, 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 it's amazing, right, after hearing all this good stuff, right, that if I just change my conception or just change my mind, like, I don't care who it is, what it is, let's do this, right? And that's it. Oh, you know, but you know what? If you want the misery, if you want the, the pressure of being God in your life, go ahead. Because this is a dubious path. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Charles H. Cindy G. Cindy G. Are you there? Oops, maybe it wasn't someone named Cindy G. I could have sworn I heard that name. How about Lauren N.? Am I being heard? Yes, I'm sorry. I had to unmute. Yes. Lauren N., how are you? Good morning, Lauren N. Good morning, all. Good morning, fellow visionaries. How grateful I am for this pra- um, paragraph we read today. I now know today that I have a higher power, that the higher power has my back and has put things in my life that um, I ha- I get to be grateful for. And it's amazing how that changes my psyche um, and how it shows up for me every day in my life. Today is my third year anniversary of being off of uh, sugar. And oh my God, I used to live on only sugar. And I can't imagine how I would have done this before coming into this program. Three years, no sugar. I am an absolute nut when it comes to sugar, and I am an allergic. It is my allergic substance, and I am so grateful for all you have shared with me, all I have heard on this line, all of the recovery that has finally found me. Not that I have found, because 
it wasn't my back that it wasn't me who did it. I never, ever could have imagined my life this wonderful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you all. Uh, thank you, Lauren. And um, I'm just going to check again. Is Cindy G waiting to share? Well, okay. Then Katie G, it is your turn next. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. So a long time before I started using food as medication, I was a really scared little girl. And what I did was I took that fear and I criticized you. I cynically dissected who you were from your body shape to the way you lived your life to every single thing. And what does my big book teach me? Resentment is the number one offender. And typically for me, you know, I saw the human frailties of organized religion and I took them down. And I, I, I did amuse myself by cynically dissecting them because I was so profoundly afraid that if you saw me, that you would hate me as much as I hated me. Right, because I have this allergy to the body, but my greater malady is this obsession of the mind that is driven by fear to tear you down. And what I missed, and I think it's interesting, it talks about people spiritually minded demonstrated this degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. Right, and when I came into the program, I still missed it because I wanted to be, I thought organized religion was the answer. So I joined different organized religions because I wanted you to love me in a way that only God could love me. And what these 12 steps do for me is they uncover, discover, and discard everything that's not me. And they help me to see that when I am cynically dissecting you, it is because I am profoundly afraid that I'm not good enough or I'm better than you, right? And that if I continue to cynically dissect you, what is going to be my solution? Eating will be a step up from how I feel. And what agnostics teaches me is, Katie, your way of thinking is wrong. But just knowing that isn't inspirational enough, right? Like the only way to God is through these steps. And what I find today as a recovered woman is I can still cynically dissect you, especially if you're close to me. But the solution today is not the food. The solution is to, to, to do a, a resentment turnaround and to see my selfishness. I want you to tell me I feel better. My self-seeking, well, I'm judging you. I'm character assassinating the lie is that you're better than me, or if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel, and my fear is rejection. So when I do that, I can turn it around and see we are all among many walking shoulder to shoulder. Nobody's better than us. I'll just wrap up with this. Nobody's worse, worse than me. I'm one among many, and that from that work, from that getting rid of self, I find stability, a new freedom, not Disney World, a new happiness, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie G. Ginger C. 
Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Ginger. Oh, great. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And uh, at the beginning, they're begging you to lay aside prejudice that they're asking you to seek earnestly. And why, again, are we back to this laying aside prejudice? Because doesn't this thinking mind of mine keep me out of the show, my ideas, the way things should be? And it's blocking the most important agent that all of us need as addicts. If I don't have power between me and anything that I'm trying to stay away from, I'm absolutely going to return to it. So I will be eating again. And then we go on with this amazing paragraph. And religion will give us purpose, direction, and a logical idea of what life is about. I was always just so maladjusted to this thing called life, and it scared the crap out of me. And then those practicing are demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. All I knew eating was the bedevilments on 52. It's what I lived day in and day out. And so, again, my ego, this is where I lived for many years, being in a 12-step room. I thought I was so arrived because I was spiritual. And so there's a difference, we would say, between spirituality and religion. Spirituality is for those who have gone to hell, and religion is for those who are afraid of going to hell. And that's what I lived on. This was my wholesale condemnation. You know, I could not see the forest through the trees, and wasn't it rather vain? Religious people haven't gone to hell. I know someone on my hospice right now who's losing her son, who's only 40 years old. That's not hell. And she goes to church every Sunday. So again, me, my ego, my thinking mind, I'm the one show. And I absolutely should be seeking what these people are doing because I don't do it and I don't have it. And I need it. And so this pastor one time shared this and it really turned everything around for me because he says, in Boulder, Colorado, we have this reputation for people being full for uh, being full of people who are spiritual but not, quote, religious. And he said, when I hear that, I think disconnected. And it just hit me to the core. Disconnected, right. I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, I'm not going to go to church because I don't need it because I have this other way of doing it. And I'm really separated and isolated yet again, not from the food but from my thoughts and my mind. Because going to church is community, and it's, and it's building humanity and shared values, and everybody's seeking in their own way. And it's a beautiful thing to be a part of, to integrate back into this world. Okay. Sit, I, I sat my whole life sidelined. I don't want to be sitting sidelined anymore. So, so grateful for this work and to set aside everything I think I know. Thanks, Ginger C. Uh, Lauren N., we do have time for you. Oh, wait a minute. Lauren N. shared already. I'm a little confused. Um, is Cindy G. Yes, I did. Share? Thank you very much. Yeah, sorry about that. I got your name twice. Is Cindy G. available? Okay. Um, oh, dear. Now there's some interference. Um, 
We have time for one more share. Who would like that? Judith R. Ross M. Judith R. I'm going to take uh, Judith R. Go right ahead. Yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. This is Judith R. Gratefully recovered in Brattleboro, Vermont. <clears throat> I l- love this line that goes against what I used to believe. Um, lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. I just thought I agreed with Karl Marx that religion was the opium of the masses, and I found out otherwise. And it makes me sad that in the program we still put down religion and make it sound like spiritual is so much superior. And and if you have to do that for a while, that's great. But religion comes from the word which means to bind. And you can see that as a negative or a positive. But if it binds our hearts together in love, then it's the kind of binding that I actually want. And I feel like we have that in in vision and in healthy OA meetings. And the other meaning that some people say is it means to re-read. So re-legaria, re-legaria, whatever. Um, to we're doing a lot of good reading so um <clears throat> i i used to um in our society we can it's still okay to mock fat people and it's still okay to mock religion because we've seen it abused so badly but i'm grateful that um that bill bill when he was so prejudiced against organized religion um, but he let go of that prejudice, and um, I'm grateful that I was able to also. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Judith R. If the gentleman who was trying to get in wants to share for one minute, I didn't get your name, you could. It's Russ M. Russ M. <laughs> go right ahead. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, everyone. Russ M. Recovered, compulsive over here outside of Philly. I'll try to make it quick. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think uh, if I if I was if I didn't come up in organized religion, religion, if I was if I wasn't Christian or whatever, if I wasn't that wasn't handed down to me, I wouldn't have had an interest in in this. I know I was broken. I know I was beat up, but I wouldn't have been snooping through those podcasts or or trying to find literature about 12 steps if I didn't have a basis to start from. And, you know, uh, that, that's, that's pretty much it. That's, you know, and, and also, right. It taught me how to try to be a good person, gave me morals, gave me a, you know, a code of ethics. So, um, I saw my family, my dad and my mom, they, you know, they invested in their faith and they're, they're pretty good people, but, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I, would, I don't want to say open to this because I had no other option. I'm saying, you know, I wouldn't have had a desire for God because ultimately what's the whole deal. It's not about the addiction. It's about our relationship and intimate relationship with God. So that, that put, see wouldn't have been planted if it wasn't for that. So now yeah, I can be a little bit useful. <laughs> Y'all have a good day. Russ, Thank you very much. Russ, yes. Russ, before you mute, I messed up. I thought we end at 10 of, but it's 5 of. You have two more minutes if you like. <laughs> Listen, nobody wants to hear me for a minute and a half. We're good. Y'all, y'all I have apologize. No worries. <laughs> so, therefore, we have time for probably one or two more shares. Would I'll share. Like to take them? Who's that? 
Madam. Madam. And does someone else want to share if there's time? Susan H. Okay. Susan H. Okay. Thanks. Matt Thank M you. and Susan H. Matt M, go Thank ahead. Thank you, Rebecca. I'll, I'll be brief. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, Pulse Over Eater. I've been struggling with the whole basis of religion because I was raised with a religion that didn't agree with my who I was as a person. And I didn't. I, I thought that all religion was like that, and uh, I didn't need religion because if they're not going to accept me for who I am, why bother? The hell with it. Because I don't need people who are going to be discriminated against me, and that's why I have such. I still have a little bit of a, a resentment towards organized religion, and I'm working through that with my sponsor and um, praying about it. And um, I'm trying to. I don't need for me personally. I don't need a church or a building to have my connection with my higher power. I just need to pray every day to connect with it, and I have people I call every day who are spiritually based and spiritually sound. I need them in my life just as much as I need to breathe because I need to stay connected. I'm coming out of relapse, and I feel really grateful that I have people who never left my side who are always there when I need to call them. And I've been, they've been there for me just as much as I try to be there for them, hopefully. And I'm very grateful that um, I do feel my higher power's presence. I have to say, it's like any other relationship, it has to be cultivated. You can't just sit there and be stagnant. It has to be, you have to like, like reach out all the time. You can't just sit there and expect him to come to you. You have to reach out to him. And I'm very grateful I'm doing that one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. Susan H. Hi, this is Susan H. In Pikeville, Kentucky today, um, my prejudice was... <laughs> that things have to be perfect. Things have to be perfect. And what I found out was that it was another lesson, message that my higher power had for me. How? How? It just amazes me every time. How does my higher power know just what experiences and shares on this on this telephone meeting? Do I need to grow in this program of recovery? I mean, it never fails. At least some uh, self-pity today. Can I still be of maximum service when the motel isn't perfect? Or when my abstinent breakfast is not exactly what I had in mind? Can I still be grateful? I can if I keep my eyes open to the perfect lessons that are meant to me. Yeah, um, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm very grateful that my higher power followed me here to Kentucky and... uh, is teaching me in wherever I go if I just keep my eyes open and listen. Uh, thank you. I pass. Thank you, Susan H. Does someone want one more minute to share? Okay. I guess, well, it's 7.55 in the Eastern time, so I guess we are finished with our shares. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Thursday, August 22, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern time, is 13,309. That's 13309. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks again for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 